0: Final Word with Jeff and Aaron. I'm Jeff. And I'm Aaron. And today we have a
1: special guest. Matt. And uh, Matt, why don't you tell us about yourself? Well, I've been your best friend since the seventh grade. There we go. Um, Yeah, so
2: that is all that is Matt's existence. Apparently. He's Jeff's best friend. He does not um, exist outside of that.
0: That's pretty true. I mean, I am pretty polarizing in that sense that I just bring people people either love you or hate you. I don't know. Do you love me or hate me? Matt. Love. Aw. Well,
2: you, you guys should do the 36 questions that lead to love.
0: We could, but that's just dangerous. That's messing with fire right there.
2: Are we uh, ready for our, uh, our first fact? Yes,
0: and I haven't asked it yet, so hopefully we'll actually get a good one this time. So, hey Google, tell me a fact.
1: The National Ocean Service says that the ocean covers 70% of the planet's surface, but that we've only explored about 5% of it. That makes me wonder
2: what sorts of secrets fish know. That was different.
0: So so that that started out kind of boring. Like, okay, we all know the world. Then she said the 5% thing. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then she went on her tangent about fish knowledge.
2: Yeah, it was like, uh, you know, when you say, hey, Siri, tell me a joke. Or, hey, Siri, or excuse me, hey, Google, tell me a joke. Oh, hey, it's going to tell me a joke. Is it going to tell me a joke?
0: Well if you stop talking it might.
1: Which playing cards are the best dancers? The king and queen of clubs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is this a new thing now?
0: Yeah, it tells you jokes.
2: No, the Oh, the sounds. Yeah.
0: Yeah, occasionally. Now I'm gonna turn her off because otherwise we're just gonna interrupt us yeah. the entire time. Okay.
2: Um, anyways, so yeah, the I knew about the ocean. And I actually knew about the uh the lack of exploration of the ocean. I didn't
0: realize it was that extreme. Do you think that means like
2: surface no i think it's like ocean itself uh, like
0: okay that makes a little bit more sense so yeah. I was thinking, if we'd only explored five percent of the surface of the ocean then i was like man there's got to be some unclaimed islands out there I'm
2: no i think know. like surface is all disco- uh discovered or I mean, explored there's, there's or whatnot satellites
0: that are flying overhead constantly They've right be- yeah,
2: but it's like ocean floor stuff yeah i, can
0: see that. I think is the that bigger one yeah
2: because like literally there's parts of the ocean floor that humans have not been down to because we can't
0: well can't and also just why
2: i mean science why go to space
0: well so that we can continue our existence in the extraterrestrial location since this one's going
1: to be destroyed in several years we
2: could continue our existence on the ocean floor
1: actually going to space was about beating the russians it's true he's got a very good point yeah
2: so why did the russians go to space
1: to beat us if the Russians were going to the oceans, then we would sure as hell go to the oceans. Right.
0: So what we need to do is convince the Russians to try to map the oceans, and we're good to go.
2: Pretty much. I mean, well, yeah.
0: since we've already started to, to drag on to some semi-politics, uh, Aaron, what do you got to talk about?
2: So I am going to talk about politics. Yay! Um, Favorite subject. Always. So the uh, latest Democratic presidential debate was last Tuesday. So, okay.
0: so how many people have eliminated to, at this point? Oh, my goodness.
2: So I think there's still there were still 10 at the debate.
0: So 10.
2: Yeah. So that. Yeah. Though There was a new guy who I can't remember his name. And you probably are hearing um, the automatic cat feeder giving Bobka food. <laughs> so that's what that sound was. Um, anyways. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm trying to remember. We started out with like 20. Yeah. And I believe we're down to 10. And it's a bit fluid right now because each debate has different criteria. Uh, yeah, criteria. criteria. And so, like, some people who couldn't make it to the last debate could make it to the next debate. I don't even know when the next debate's going to be. Sure. And I think this was the fourth debate. Actually, no.
0: So, who are the like headrunners for this one?
2: So, because
0: there's no way all ten of them were interesting or important.
2: Well, no, not always. Sometimes, I mean. So, I'm trying to remember. So, we've got like the big front runners everybody knows about is Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Kamala Harris, uh, Pete Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg, Beto O'Rourke, uh, yeah, Cory thing. Booker. Um, uh, I can't think of this guy's name who was
0: clearly can't be important.
2: Then. No, it was like I was trying to figure out why the hell he was even there cuz he barely said anything. <laughs> some old white guy billionaire philanthropist basically.
0: Wait, is that the Wait, okay. Now I might be getting my facts. Wasn't at some point the like CEO of
2: Starbucks going
0: to run? Uh yeah, I heard I remember that. And then I,
2: everyone was like please no. Yeah, and I feel like Jeff Bezos was going to do something also.
0: Might as well just throw Elon Musk in there and
2: call it a day. Oh, God. Um, got help us. So, so, so let me hold on a sec. So, oh, whoops. That's not what I wanted to do. Um, I got it. There we'll, are two other. Live Googling. Um, yeah, there were two other um, people, and I'm totally blanking on their names now. Um, uh,
0: does it does it really matter? Yeah, I think
2: so. I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, Gabbard, who's the congressperson from Hawaii. I didn't um, know that
0: was a person I was running. Yeah.
2: and uh, Castro...
0: Castro, that seems like a problem.
2: I mean, Julian, Julian Castro. Oh, okay, That's a little um funny. And oh, uh, Klobuchar, another um, Congress person. So I think there were actually eleven in this debate.
0: Oh, interesting. Good. Or twelve. One.
2: Yeah, but so I mean, it was it was it was an interesting debate, if nothing else. Like they're always interesting, but um, you know, it's it's gotten to the point now where you know where everybody stands.
0: Like, what, what really could new be
2: said? Right. Like, you know, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders are the socialist Democrats. They want universal health care for everybody. Um, they want to increase taxes significantly on the top 1%. And then
0: you have Biden, who basically just wants to do nothing. I mean,
2: honestly, I I don't dislike Biden. I know a lot of people dislike him. I'm not I'm, – I'm lukewarm on him. Not boozed. Right. I will absolutely vote for him if he wins the Not me. the nominee. Sure. But um, what has been interesting, at least for me, so um, Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg and Beto O'Rourke were kind of um, the up and comings, like at the beginning of this whole process. And yeah. they were the young, new people like, oh, this is exciting. What do they have to say? They have some really cool stuff to say. And then they've kind of, like, they just keep repeating the same things. And you're like, okay, they don't really have much more to say.
0: They found their words and they're going to stick a
2: them, Right. And so, for me, especially uh, Kamala Harris, who's, um, she is from California. She was uh, the lead prosecutor for the state of California. more I've learned about her, the less I like her. She has a very questionable prosecutorial record. Really? Sure. Um, and she's kind of mean. Like, I mean, she's like, she's really mean to the other candidates and is constantly attacking them. And that was actually one of the things that really stood out for me during this one is the different, the infighting between the candidates and Cory Booker, who I actually really like Cory Booker's from New Jersey. Um, he was uh, the, uh, was he, was he the governor? No, he wasn't the governor of Jersey. He was the, um, was it the, I can't remember what he... He's a congressperson from New Jersey now, but I can't remember. Anyways, he um he was there when uh Hurricane Sandy hit and sure. kind of you know came to fame from that and whatnot. I really like what he has to say. He's the only one that consistently was like, why are we fighting each other? What what are we <laughs> doing? Right, like what why are what are we doing here? Like, yeah, we have different views, that's fine, but like we are on the same side. And for then like five minutes afterward, everybody was very civil with each other, and then somebody would say something and it would all go downhill. And it was just like, What why are you doing this?
0: That's interesting.
2: So it was a
0: Were there any good mic drop moments?
2: Um, nothing I don't think anything overly stood out this time around. Cause again, I feel like most candidates have kind of said what they need to say. Right. Um You know, there was one uh was a two or three debates ago when uh, I think it was Joe Biden was questioning Bernie Sanders about his Medicare for all, which is essentially universal health care for everybody. Um, you your tax taxes will increase, but you get full coverage for everything. No copays, no premiums. It's all covered. And, and most
0: likely, I'm guessing, even though your taxes increase, the amount you pay for your health insurance now is less.
2: Th- yeah, in, theori- theory. in theory. And I remember Biden was questioning Bernie, how is that possible? You can't say that for sure. Like, you don't know this. And Bernie had a great mic drop moment when he says, I do know this because I wrote the damn bill. <laughs> um, so none of nothing quite to that level this time around. Um, I mean, honestly, it's just... 10, 12 candidates is just too many candidates.
0: So it's, it's currently October 2019. Mm-hmm. How many more months do we have? Oh, the we're almost- first
2: primary is March. March. March of – so five more months. Five more months. Before- but then, you know, depending on what happens in the first primary – if it's really obvious that oh wow this person really won you're gonna see people dropping off but if it's still pretty close close then i i don't know
0: i imagine by that point we'll we'll narrow it down to hopefully around four or five
2: yeah i mean it unfortunately needs to drop off quickly yeah because
0: it's too much noise
2: well and i you know for three years ago now um bernie and hillary went down to the wire and i think that not that I think. I know that did not help, help by any means. <clears throat>
0: Essentially, we were fighting ourselves again and then... Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. Um So, it was... I don't know. It was an interesting debate. I like watching them just so I know what's going on and...
0: and see, I like talking to you about them because I could not stand watching them.
2: Right. And it, it me... <laughs> I definitely multitasked. it. yeah. T- um, fair, fair. But, you know, what's frustrating is some of the candidates, even if you like them, you know they don't have a chance. Yeah. You know, like the the basically like
0: the three that you couldn't remember their name,
2: right? Yeah, there's um, oh, and Andy Yang, I forgot about Andy four Yang, four that you couldn't remember, their yeah. Name. Um, but I, I mean, there's basically four front runners at this point Biden, Sanders, Warren, and Kamala Harris.
0: Really cool. See, I, I knew those three, but the fourth one, I was curious what you were gonna say. There.
2: Um, she's stuck around because she's loud, be if you will. Fair. I was gonna um, say, I
0: thought it'd be between her and like, um, Beto.
2: Or, no, I don't feel at like, at like, kind of, Beto O'Rourke, Pete Buttigieg, like, they're still around and they're still making noise, but I don't feel like they have too much more wide support at this point. Um, sure. So, it's, I don't know. I, okay. I,
0: so what we're going to do is we're going to give the, the final word, seal of approval of a candidate right here, right now, live.
2: What What, what does this mean? Oh, who were – God, okay, I get what you're who saying. Who are you endorsing? Who am I endorsing? We
0: we're, we're gonna do, start endorsing before everyone else. That's probably not true. They probably already started doing that.
2: Honestly, I like I really like Cory Booker. I really like really? what he has to say. So, I I I know he doesn't have a chance. So, but if I don't know, like I if, doubt he's still gonna be here when primaries come. Um, if
0: only we had a different voting system.
2: Well, yeah, rank. Ranked like, voting would be nice. Some of the states have adopted that for local elections. Really? Yeah. Um,
0: In case you're not aware, ranked voting is basically you vote for your favorite, your second favorite, your third favorite, so on and so forth. And if your first favorite doesn't win, your vote gets transferred to your second favorite. And, and if then they don't so win, on. And so on and so forth. So it kind of eliminates this whole idea of you're throwing your vote away by voting for somebody who is not going to win Mm -hmm. because you're still going to vote for that person. And if they don't, then your vote doesn't get thrown away. It gets used to the next person. Right, And it's basically a far superior system in almost every way.
2: Yeah, it really is. But my guess is by the first primary in March, we're going to be down to two to three people.
0: Yeah, I can totally see that. Um, Especially because if you're not going to win, this is expensive. Right,
2: get out. Right, you're not going to – it's expensive. You're not helping anybody. I also think out.
0: the reason some of those people are sticking around at this point is more because um, there's that small chance that one of the people on top will say something stupid or you know do a, something like the Dean scream back in the the good old
2: uh, <sighs> oh Howard Dean oh yeah
0: good good times I
2: liked Howard Dean he
0: basically did something that was super memeable and completely destroyed his chances right
2: which was anyway I yeah, blah, blah. Sorry, that whole thing annoyed the hell out of me because he was just getting excited. And everybody's like, oh, my God, did you see what happened? He went off the rails. Like, no, he's just excited. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, But but so more than likely, I would guess by the first primary, it's probably going to be Warren, Warren, Bernie and Biden would be my guess.
0: I agree. That's probably more like
2: in those three. I would support Warren.
0: I, I kind of agree. I think I think Bernie's, uh would do a lot of interesting things, but I think he's too extreme that I feel like it would be a problem.
2: Yeah. I, I don't know if he could win in a general election. I don't know if Warren could win in a general election. I mean, the reason Biden is still kind of the front runner is because he is safe. Yeah. I hate it. I know, but...
0: That's the reason he's not one of my picks.
2: Right, exact, but at the same time, a lot of people... Because didn't
0: we choose Hillary because she was the, quote-unquote, safe option? I don't
2: know if that was really the truth. I think we chose Hillary because people thought Bernie was too liberal.
1: I thought we chose Hillary because the DNC was rigged.
2: No, that is... The DNC certainly helped Hillary more than they should have, but she still won... The various primaries by three million votes, really? like that's not a rounding error. Because
0: I also heard the whole "it's rigged" situation. I mean,
2: the, yes, the the Democratic National Committee did not do did not give any favors to Bernie. They definitely wanted they so they put their weight behind Hillary in a lot of different ways. Honestly, though. I don't think it would have made a huge difference had the DNC not supported so Hillary in the way they did. Do you think
0: she still would have gotten it? Yeah,
2: I really do. Um, so this, this stuff is going
0: on pretty long, but I did have one more question for you. Do you think Trump will run up unopposed for the Republican nomination?
2: No. This, he, he is opposed. He is. Now, how long that's going to – well, who's he opposed he's opposed for? by – um,
1: Bill Weld. Bill Weld. Yeah. And there's there's one other challenger.
2: Yeah. Now my guess is they will probably run during the um the first primary with Super Tuesday in March where there's a bazillion primaries all at once. Sure. That Bill Weld and whoever the other guy is. God, that'd be so interesting. Um I think they're just they're doing it purely as a stock. Not a not, not isn't the right word. Just kind of like a a statement. Like I know I we do don't have support. a chance, but Trump is a douchebag, and we do not support him. Yeah. Um, they don't have a chance. I mean, maybe I don't know, but who knows? Well,
1: Bill Weld also ran on the Libertarian ticket in the last election.
2: On um, for the yeah.
1: So so I mean, this is at least his second.
2: But he didn't oh, make it to the final. Um, he wasn't on the ballot the, for the presidential ballot. It was Johnson who...
1: Yeah, well, it was Gary Johnson with Bill as his running mate.
2: Oh, was it? Okay.
0: Which, this is actually an interesting play here, because you're right, they probably win, but they'll definitely get their name known, right? True. You, fight, you go against Trump, who's the incumbent, you're going to be known by people. That, that's an interesting True. idea. And then you run as... As a a
2: third party. Now, now
1: here's something to consider. There are many states across the nation which are shutting down their Republican primary. Yes. That's super interesting.
2: Which apparently you can do, which seems completely absurd to me. So
1: is that basically saying, no, 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 we're
0: not going to have a Republican primary because Trump is our candidate.
2: Yes.
1: Yes, that's so exactly. No one else can try, they, right? They, well, they. I think they're doing it under the uh, guise of cost savings because the 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 odds of Trump losing a primary are pretty much zero. Yeah, and the Democrats have done the same thing in the past. The Democrats okay, have canceled fair. primaries. Yeah,
2: like when Obama was running for his second term, I don't think there was a primary in Colorado. Okay. Which makes sense to an extent because yeah, it's interesting. It's so like primary, any primary or caucus has to be paid by. Paid for by the party.
0: Sure.
2: And it's expensive. Yeah.
0: Well, it's, it's really interesting, the fact that when you said that, when 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 Matt first brought up that they're canceling Republican primaries, it's like, those horrible people. And then you said, well, Democrats did it before. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. But I think
2: the difference is, <laughs> at least with Obama in his second term, and I don't remember Clinton with his second term, there were no challengers. Oh, okay. Like, there were legitimately no challengers. So there's no reason to run. Right. Well, now, okay there
0: may have been challenges but not legitimate ones right for sure.
2: um is,
0: yeah that's very interesting
2: so I it's gonna be it's <laughs> I have said this multiple times I am both excited and terrified for next year yeah the,
1: I so um yeah on the on the topic of canceled primaries just from an ethical point of view do you think that there should be primaries in every state both parties every, every cycle? year
2: <sighs> I mean if there are multiple candidates yeah. I think yeah. I think
0: I think as long as if, if someone's being run unopposed, then it doesn't matter. Right. But I think you're right. I think if there's a if someone's like, no, I would like to try this, then that should happen.
1: Yeah. So, but we know statistically speaking that you know Trump is going to win every Republican primary across the nation.
2: It's true, but at the same time, still, it's the principle of it all. It's still, it's you know, it's it's like if you yeah. I was, you, no, yeah, yeah, go I was ahead. gonna
0: say I was gonna bring up the fact that if we if we follow statistics. Uh, Remember back in 2016, Nate Silver and and 538 said, oh man, Hillary's going to win by a landslide. There's no chance in hell Trump is going to win. And I'm not voting on that was a good thing. But it's like the democratic process, even if it's unnecessary, still needs to be –
2: done proceeded yeah i guess i mean that's kind of my
0: thought that, yeah
1: that's not how i read 538's prediction how did you because 538 casted out these are the statistics they said that we think there's like a 63 percent chance that hillary's gonna win and they accounted for point. the other 37 percent chance that trump was gonna win mm-hmm. and we live in the 37 percent. and we chance. lived in the 37 percent.
2: which i mean it's, it's a there's point. a reason that that 37 was there yeah
0: <sighs> you gotta keep in mind that you got to properly interpret statistics, if, if the weather says that it's going to rain, chance of rain is 50% and it doesn't rain, it doesn't mean they're wrong, it just meant it
2: was 50%. Right. So, I, I mean, I personally feel that if there is a challenger, you should have a primary. Even if that challenger probably doesn't have a chance. So the other difference
0: here though is the primaries are, are something that we set up. Not, yes,
2: it's a state by state thing.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, I can, and, see, I can see it.
2: And, and there's different, and I don't know all the uh, requirements, but different states have different requirements of how you can get on the primary ballot. Yeah. And there were definitely candidates, at least in 2016, who were on primary ballots, but not in all states. Sure. I mean, that and, makes sense. Right. And that basically, you don't have a chance if you're not in every state. Yeah. Um, but again, I still feel it's it's part of the process and you can't... <sighs> I, you can't cut corners because it becomes a very slippery slope of, well, as a party, we don't think this candidate has a chance, so we're not going to give them the chance.
0: So I'm, I'm actually – I'm changing my point of view now that, now that I've thought about it a little bit. If, if there are – if there's no one opposing, then yeah, cancel. Them. There's no reason to have mm-hmm. If there's someone opposing but it is statistically insignificant that, that they have a chance to win, then I don't think you need to do it. Uh, case in point, the debates, right? There are these things that we've set up so that everyone can know who's who's running, but then they had to put the restriction. Oh no, no, you have to have a certain amount of funding and a certain amount of that before you can be in the debates because otherwise it would be ungodly. Like,
2: just well, that's the that's where the requirements to get on the primary ballot come in. So, and
0: okay, okay, so yeah, if there's if there are requirements to get on the ballot and you meet them, then you should have to run. A exactly.
2: Primary. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, it's not like oh, I'm gonna run. So put me on the ballot. Yeah. It's I'm gonna run. I have to have. A certain number of signatures or i need to raise a certain amount of money it just yeah. depends on the state
0: i think i think if in that state you've met the requirements for the primary then the primary should continue yeah.
1: follow-up question okay do you think that the government should regulate this because parties run their own primaries is which true. is separate from the government It's very the true government only loosely regulates primaries yeah. the problem it, it's like i want to say yeah yeah we should totally regulate these
0: things but then you end up with this like Cyclic problem where what if the government regulates it in such a way that oh all of a sudden all the democratic primaries just don't work anymore or all of a sudden all the republic ones just don't work anymore?
2: I think it would be very easy. I mean, keep it safe to well to basically yeah to keep it. These are the requirements. Just exist within these requirements. Um, So because like Colorado. Well, doesn't
0: Colorado have both a primary and a caucus? Well,
2: that's that's a new thing, and it's a <laughs> it's a whole mess. But for a while, it was the Democrats had a caucus, the Republicans didn't really have a caucus. What did they have? I don't even so the, so the Republicans, and this is where it gets kind of crazy. So the Democrats have um, so both Republicans and Democrats have their national convention, mm. you know, during the the presidential race, and that's where they officially nominate their candidate they are two very different uh setups though so in for the democrats you've got your delegates who are elected on the local level then on the county level and then on the state level and then to the national level sure sure um and then you have your super delegates which is a whole that was a, that was the big uh hubbub in 2016 was the super delegates um where super delegates are not elected by the people they are appointed by The Democratic Party in general, it's typically, um, you know, members of like the local or the state level um, house, Senate, whatever. Um, And they are not beholden to any candidate. They can vote for whoever the hell they want. Um,
0: Okay. So, they're not like supposed to vote with? No, they
2: are allowed to vote for whoever they want. Republicans don't really have that. Ah. Um, I can't. They have something similar, but it's not on the same level. And the whole caucus system and the whole uh, delegate system is different. And, of course, I don't know all yeah. about it because I've never really been involved with it. Um,
0: so it, it, a thought occurred to me. Um, all of this stuff, all the primaries and all that kind of stuff, only exists because we have this sort of two-party system where each party has to throw up their nomination because they don't want to fight against each other. Right. So if we essentially said the government needed to regulate these primaries, what we're essentially endorsing is, yes, we should have a two-party system.
2: I, well, essentially that is – I mean the entire system is designed around a two-party system. Yeah. Like everything about how the elections are run to the way the government at, operates, it is a two-party system. Um, it's not a parliamentary yeah. government, which
0: I definitely think anything that we can do to reduce the requ- not requirement, but like the emphasis on a two party system, mm-hmm. I think is a good thing.
2: Well, it's even the with um, the mm-hmm. presidential um, election with the electoral college, you need to get you know one electoral vote above uh, half. half, which if you have three candidates running
0: that ain't gonna
2: happen that's not gonna happen so like it literally it's it yeah is designed Clearly, I mean, for a two party I needs
0: to be somewhat re-rigged because the whole electoral college in of itself is a well, problem well that's a whole but, other thing um, yeah now I oh yes
2: um, so I, we've Been talking about this for a while.
0: Yeah, usually these segments are supposed to be 10 minutes. We're at more than 20. Yeah, so. So, I feel like. It's funny because when we initially kind of like set up this podcast, I was thinking, now we probably shouldn't talk about the Democratic debate because there's not much material there. Uh, and here we are 20 minutes later, so I was wrong
2: again. Again, see, and I, I I fought Jeff this time. Yep. The last time I was going to talk about the Joker and stuff, and Jeff was like, no, it's not going to be interesting. And then two okay, days later.
0: Okay. Don't throw this up. I thought the Joker was very interesting. You wanted to talk about villains and movies. Right, as which, it related to the enough. Joker. Yeah, okay, whatever. whatever. Either way, you, you were right. Enjoy your, enjoy your yeah, movie. Yeah, and I and was right talks.
2: again this time too, so that's two in a row.
0: Well, I was right for all, how many episodes do we have? 15? I was right for 15. About what? I don't
2: know. Yeah. Mm. Anyways. Um, so so I, moving on.
0: Yeah, we'll move on uh, really quick. So one of the topics that I want to talk about, especially since we have Matt here, is uh, Japan. Um, so Aaron and I have been constantly thinking about, uh, we wanted to do a, a trip at some point um, over to Japan just because it's a cool area and, and fun to explore.
2: Jeff never actually said this, but Matt lived in Japan for three years, two years? Three years. Three years.
0: I swear it was two, but we were talked about yeah. this math and I got supremely destroyed. So must be three. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. What was your experience like in Japan, Matt?
1: I actually, so I lived in Okinawa, which technically is a part of Japan, but it's a very, very small island. The island is about three miles wide oh wow and um about 60 miles long oh, and this, okay. this island is way long and skinny southwest of mainland japan by quite a bit it's out in the middle of the ocean it's actually closer to taiwan than it is to japan
2: oh interesting
1: it's very pretty and very warm so yes i, I did live in japan but um from a practical point of view i, I lived in okinawa which is kind of an important distinction Especially if you're in Japan because uh, yeah, the island of Okinawa has kind of their own ethnicity and their own culture And um, they used to have their own own language and bits of that remain even though they speak primarily Japanese now
2: Was it a uh, independent state at one point?
1: Yes, yeah, so it used to be the Ryukyu Kingdom. So they, they used to be independent and they they were um, a trading nation so they traded with the Chinese and the Koreans and the Taiwanese and the Japanese all of whom have hated each other throughout history. So the Ryukyu Kingdom used to benefit off of that because uh, they would conduct trade with all of the nations <laughs> surrounding them. Get the best of all worlds. Right. Wow,
2: Okinawa is really. I'm looking at a map, and it is really far away it's from mainland Japan. There. Yeah. Wow. How long
0: was there the flight from there to Kyoto?
1: I, uh, I don't I don't even remember I think Tokyo is a three hour flight, but Taipei is only a one hour flight, so it's much much closer to Taipei Interesting. yeah,
2: interesting that's really interesting so i'm i'm I've never I knew you were from Okinawa because Jeff or you lived it, but I never actually looked at a map to see where Okinawa was.
0: yeah well, when I went to visit him a couple of years ago i I mean I knew okinawa also was a part of Japan, but I didn't realize how distinct it was. It was pretty interesting to stay there.
1: It's it's kinda like the Hawaii of Japan. In fact mm. Okinawans yeah. love Hawaii. You'll see Hawaiian culture all over Interesting. There's
2: certain um Samoan influences, I guess. Um so with Okinawa, um was it is is Okinawa does it have like a U.S. military presence? Is that... Yes. Uh, there's a base on there?
1: Uh, actually, the the vast majority of U.S. forces in Japan are located in Okinawa. Okay. All, all four of our branches have bases in Okinawa.
2: Interesting.
0: Well, and isn't it that Japan can't have a standing military? We are supposed to be the one that... Is that a truth?
1: Yes, that's true. So, Since World War II. Oh, thank goodness.
0: So I said it and you looked at me and I
1: was like, oh shit, I've said something wrong. So, and they're, they're, they're post-war... Constitution forbids them from having offensive forces and same with Germany so as sure. as part of that um, the United States has always provided that and uh, Recently under Prime Minister Abe there is some push for Japan to um, To build up their own military and I don't know if they would kick the Americans out or just depend on them less um, But that is still not a popular idea in Japan. They like having the United States provide that service sure that makes sense so what was the the culture difference uh, from Okinawa compared to Japan or compared to the United States
0: all all, <laughs> I find all of this really interesting
1: well uh, you know even even amongst the United States there's cultural differences in different regions sure so true. so what I would say is that you know what I experienced was one region of Japan um, Which overall is a very polite culture, but in Okinawa especially, I felt like I was family, even when you couldn't communicate with the people. I I speak bad Japanese, (laughs) and um, a lot of Okinawans speak some English, but um, when you really get out of your comfort zone and you go out on the town, and especially if you get further and further away from the bases, there's less English. And um, what I found is even when you can't communicate with them at all, um, resorting to pointing <laughs> and uh, typing numbers in on your phone will get the job done. Oh, that's kind it's of funny. Just that's true,
0: yeah, um, yeah. Or, or when I was visiting, there was only like one place that actually turned us away, and I think it was because they were
1: uh, close yeah, to closing. They were they were full. Um, oh, the, is that what that was. The, the Okinawans are just. Just splendid people. They even if they can't talk to you, they're they're very excited to have you in their business or in nice. their in their island.
0: Also, like all of the public works were more or less either free or like a dollar to go what? visit, which was yeah. Really I crazy. mean, that's
2: not even that's not just Japan and uh, most Europe. Oh, okay. Like most museums are free. Yeah,
0: um, it was like hey, you know, throw us a couple coins so that we can keep this place running. It's pretty right. cool.
2: Yeah, I think when I was in Europe. Um, Mostly in the UK, I remember like pretty much every museum in sure, the UK sure. was free for anybody. No, obviously, give us money if you would like to
0: donation based.
2: Yeah, I like and I really, I really want to go to Japan. Yeah, um, I find Asian culture in general is kind of fascinating to me just because that's not my culture.
1: It's and a, it's very different.
2: And you know, like I've been to Europe and whatnot, but that's still European culture is somewhat similar to american culture there's a lot of uh you know the the western world or whatnot there's a lot of similarities there um and even like israel which i've been to feels somewhat westernized in a lot of ways sure um and yeah it's just it's i mean i find most uh also the unknown things fascinating to me so okay.
0: you say also the architecture over there is fascinating yes separate? Yes, um, and almost everything is at least burned down once. For Yay.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's a country that has you know four thousand
2: years of history compared <laughs> to our two hundred. Yeah, which is a bit of a misnomer. What? How? Because there have been people here a lot longer than that. We have well, just completely okay. wiped right. out the history. <laughs> well, no, it's sorry. There was this um, uh, Boulder uh, recently, as of last year started the second monday of october um they have it indigenous peoples day
0: instead of columbus
2: yeah yeah and um i went and you know there's a lot of like as you as you uh, you know they they invited the native americans that used to live in boulder the arapaho tribe like welcome back like this is your home even though you've been stuck on a reservation and they've been here for a long time and there was a lot of history with with the various native american tribes that have been completely wiped out
0: i wonder how that how they reacted to that because i now mostly very positive okay okay i was gonna be like i'd be mildly afraid that they'd be insulted
2: no i mean it was done in i mean i don't i'm not i don't know exactly how but there was you know negotiations or whatever like but anyways that was complete tangent so how
0: many many times did you go from okinawa to mainland japan
1: oh at least a half dozen yeah we traveled up there a lot
0: what was your favorite spot
1: Kyoto is Kyoto really cool. Kyoto used to be the capital of Japan before Tokyo. When was that? Uh, I How many thousands of years ago? I couldn't tell you. It wasn't thousands of years ago. Hundreds. No, it was moved during the Edo period. I know that much, but I don't know exactly when <laughs> the Edo period was. Um, so Kyoto used to be the capital of Japan, which means that they have ancient architecture there, which used to be their government buildings and the, <laughs> like the emperor's estate. Um, and lots of old temples yeah. kind of all concentrated in one spot if you travel throughout the rest of Japan those things still exist they're just not all clumped together like they are in Kyoto interesting it's very cool makes
2: um, kind of makes sense how, um,
1: now
0: this this is a little bit of an inside question but I'm curious how many more times did you go see Masa-san
1: oh I've I've stayed with Masa-san three or four times in Kyoto who, so, who is Masa-san He's, Masa-san is a uh, friend of mine who runs a B&B. Was it Fujiyama B&B? Yeah. Fu- is that right? No. Oh, dear. Fu- Fujiyama is the mountain. Oh, shit. Fu- Fujita. Fujita? Yes. Okay.
2: Are um, oh, we going to stay at that fu- Airbnb?
1: Fu- Fuji. I, yes.
0: So this guy was really cool. Um, also, B&B does not stand for... Bed and breakfast.
1: Yeah, it's, it's bed and bike. He does something different.
2: Bed and bike.
1: Yeah, yeah. interesting. So uh, Fujita Masa-san is, um, uh, you know, he has he has a kid now, but he's he's older than me. I would guess he's probably forty, and he's in way better shape. Than <laughs> <his brother. laughs> huh. So this this man uh, he he does bicycle tours of Kyoto. So if oh, you that's st- cool. if you stay in his um, guest house... You can take a a free bicycle tour, and he'll say, "Well, how far do you want to go?" Because he can probably go f- twice as far as you can. <laughs> That's and, awesome. Um, probably like ten times as far as me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Well,
0: it was really funny because you'd met him the once before when your family came over to stay, and you guys really like hit it off. And so when I came to visit, we went and stayed at the same place, and it was like meeting an old friend almost. It was really cool.
2: That's cool. How? What is uh, the elevation of Kyoto? I don't
1: know. I don't know that's a weird question to ask me
2: <laughs> well, I'm just thinking <laughs> as, as far as biking stamina goes
1: oh oh
0: oh is it hilly
2: no just like what's the, how much atmosphere is there oh I was
0: thinking more along the lines of is it difficult to bike around
2: that too I, but I'm thinking that,
0: like I, I mean, can it's far more relevant no. than what is the concentration of O2 at this well
2: time? no because I'm thinking like I can bike decently far at a mile high, if we're close to sea level I'd be pretty good. I'm just going to say
0: this, it's a very small island in comparison, I'm pretty sure it's close to sea level.
2: I mean, but they, they do the um the mountain, um, the... mountain.
1: Mo- Most of Japan is mountains though. Yeah, so like okay, I, I'll take it back then. Yeah. Kyoto I don't know the elevation I mean, of Kyoto but it is built in a valley it's surrounded by mountains I don't, oh, it, it might be on a pretty. plateau I don't know how high it is also, Kyoto has the Monkey Park, which is pretty
2: fun. The the Monkey Park?
1: Oh, uh, the Arashiyama Monkey Park, yes. That's... Um...
2: Yeah, see, the highest elevation is 3,186 feet.
1: What are we at here in uh park? A mile, 5,280. Oh, so
2: not that much yeah. of a difference. But its lowest elevation is 30 feet. I'm see? assuming it goes to the ocean.
1: Well... Close enough. I mean, not, it's not in the ocean right? Uh, yeah, it's, so it's inland from Osaka. Osaka's built on the ocean. Yeah. yeah. Kyoto's exactly. further inland.
2: Cool. Well, one are we these days, when we actually get to Damn Japan?
1: Yeah. And I, I think following
0: more or less what I did before, going into Kyoto, seeing all that kind of fun mm-hmm. stuff, and then taking the Shinkansen up to uh, Tokyo. Yeah.
2: Is uh, that the train?
0: Yeah, the bullet train. Oh. Super fun. Super fast.
2: Oh, I love trains.
0: It's very pleasant.
2: I um, wish we had trains here. Or more
0: trains. My Amtrak?
2: Yeah. Or, or, yeah, just more trains more legitimate inter- trains more
0: inner city trains really. i
2: mean we do have the light rail which isn't bad well, we have
0: the light rail that services us here and i want to be able to go from oh, to right
2: to so we want a Arcanist. national train system that the, we used to sort of have with amtrak and then it died
1: so the um the shinkansen is just the latest operating Generation of high-speed rail in Japan. So they are—they're working on a new generation, and I, it's not going to be called the Shinkansen. I don't—I don't know
0: what. No, going to be I've learned how to say that one. I don't want to have to learn how but, to say that one. Uh, um,
1: so the new train that they're building is a maglev train. Oh, oh shit! That's which, awesome. Which for uh, our listeners, a maglev it means. Basically zero friction.
2: They're no literally floating on magnets. Yes,
1: the the train is floating above the track and also propelled by magnetic flux. So it's yeah, it's fascinating. They do have a test track. Um, you can't ride it though. Damn. Um,
2: there's a maglev train in uh, China?
1: The only maglev train I have ridden is in Shanghai. Yeah, but the so the Japanese are building one right now, and the it's going to connect Tokyo to Osaka. Tokyo to Nagoya will be first, and then after that they're gonna continue running it to Osaka. Makes yes. sense. And it's uh, it's like seventy percent underground because oh interesting. The speed of this train is so high that it can't handle much curve. So in order to get the track straight, Uh, you got to go underground. Mountainous country,
2: interesting. Most of it is underground, right? Mostly tunnels. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I I want to be there. That sounds so cool. (laughs) Maybe
2: it'll be open when we go next year.
1: Which I'm I'm worried is going to take part of the charm away because the Shinkansen that's that's existing is very fast and it's mostly ground level. Right. Well,
2: you get beautiful views and whatnot. You
1: get all the views as you're traveling.
2: Yeah.
0: Some of my favorite photos were from the Shinkansen of like. Like, castles on the side yeah. and just like as we're going by just yeah well, I remember
2: when, when I was in Europe I took a train I mean I took many trains but I remember taking a train from Austria into Switzerland through the Alps and it's just beautiful it's yeah. just absolutely beautiful it's you can't, like can't bring it yeah
0: so did you go anywhere else aside from Tokyo and uh, Kyoto
1: oh yeah I, I went um, I've been to Hokkaido twice which is northern Japan it's it's um... Japan kind of conquered it by getting the locals there drunk and then they conquered them. <laughs> no, that's one way to do it. All right. So so Hokkaido is Japan's northernmost island and it is massive. It is the largest prefecture, which is their equivalent of a state. Okay. And um it's a relatively recent addition to the country j- just like Okinawa, you know, probably less than 100 years ago they took over Hokkaido. But Hokkaido is relatively untouched. They only have one major city, and it's Sapporo, and Sapporo is still much, much smaller than other Japanese cities. So if you go up to Hokkaido, you're really—it's you know—I would compare that to kind of like Alaska for us. It's—it's it's wild. <laughs> it, it's cool. gorgeous. It's just absolutely. Okay, we'll untouched. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I only went, I went twice, both times in the winter. And um, you know, you envision these like sleepy uh, winter wonderland towns, and that's pretty much most of Hokkaido in the winter time, sure. anyway. And it is just freaking cold. It is so oh, yeah. It is so cold that the city of Sapporo built underground walkways.
2: So it's you, like uh, uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. They have underground walkways in between cities, or in between uh, buildings. Interesting. Because it gets so freaking cold there.
0: Dang. That's awesome.
2: Though I guess most people don't use them because they're slightly terrifying.
0: Also, let's go in the summer. Sounds like it might be better in the summer.
2: Yeah. Or or, or the spring. Fall.
0: Or
1: the fall. Okay. Yeah. It, oh, any, we... any season is going to be beautiful in Hokkaido just fair, because fair. it's natural. Mm-hmm. Um, when is when is the cherry blossom stuff?
2: That's usually you know? spring, March, April. Yeah.
1: It's, it's a little bit earlier in Okinawa, but... Um, Sure, that I, makes sense. I, I don't know. I think it was, like, late February in Okinawa, Oh, in wow. Taiwan. Okay. But, okay. It, but mainland, it should be a little bit later. Cool. Um,
0: aside from Japan, any other places that you visited that, because you were close to them, you enjoyed?
1: Oh, I loved Taiwan. Um, so, Kyle and I traveled to Taipei several times. We traveled to another town, which is, like, mid-Taiwan, called Kaohsiung to go to their lantern festival if you, oh. if you can get to the the taiwan lantern festival it is the most impressive festival i have ever seen throw it on the list okay uh, <laughs> so amongst it, everything it's, else it's one it's once a year and so each city kind of has their own thing but then there's a national level and that moves around so the one we went to was in kaohsiung and then we we liked it so much that we actually went to again we, <laughs> and the next year we went back and uh i don't remember where that one was but I've been to – I think that was actually down in Kaohsiung. How when, – when does it happen? I don't remember. No. Well, I'm sure we to, can look at it. You'll you we'll have, have to, to
0: research it, it. Oh, yeah. Either. Can't use first-party uh, –
2: <sighs> But
1: I, I love Taiwan. It, it was – people there were very friendly. You know, all the Japanese I learned, it was weird because in Okinawa, I could speak some Japanese and get by, and then you travel – one hour by plane and you don't understand a damn word they're saying it's yeah like, yeah it's, it's completely different language different. Yeah. yeah so um, but even even though people can't communicate with you they're still I still found them to be quite friendly you know nobody was ever aggressive towards mm-hmm. us and people were willing to help and again you're just resorting to, to point right and yeah. I, I ate a lot of food in their Taiwanese night markets I had no idea what I was eating until I put it in my mouth and it's like <laughs> well you still don't know but you either like it or you don't
2: right yeah that's true I mean assuming you know it's food
1: yeah
2: um, it's
0: monkey brains.
2: And with that lovely, lovely sentiment of monkey brains, I believe we are going to move on to our final word, which actually is going to be brought to us by Matt.
1: So this word comes from, not from Japanese, but from the dead Okinawan language, and this word is cha-ganju.
2: Cha-ganju. Can you use it in a sentence-ish without completely giving it away? Like,
1: in a Japanese sentence? Well, no, like, can you use <laughs> no. it, like,
2: in an English sentence and then throw the word in there?
1: No, this... Uh, this is it uh,
2: very uh, culturally specific, if you will?
1: It stands on its own. Stands oh, okay. on its own. You yeah. normally would not use it in a sentence.
2: Got it. So is it's it, like a... Is it like a statement?
1: Yes.
0: When I say it, if I'm unhappy...
1: Not unless you were trying to maybe cheer yourself up. Well, now I'm even more curious.
2: Huh? Do you have any? I have no idea. I have zero clue.
1: Cha ganju.
2: Cha Cha ganju. Ganju.
0: And unfortunately, you know the the normal tricks of breaking it up into its its parts. Right, it's just not going to do anything here. Not going to work in this case.
2: Uh, Uh, Cha ganju. You're
1: probably not going to find it on Google. Because That's not
2: what I'm doing. <laughs> what are you lot talking about? <laughs> Tippy type of way.
1: Uh, Google, Google Translate does not have Uchinaguchi in it. Um, you would it. have to find it on some third-party website where they were studying Uchinaguchi. There's it. a cool.
2: Chaganju Japanese Sencha green tea leaves.
0: Interesting. Well, if, if I went to Okinawa and said this to a random stranger, what would their reaction be?
2: They would be Ecstatic. They'd be ecstatic
1: because a foreigner said "chogun." Basically, has <laughs> nothing to do
0: with the meaning. <laughs> they would.
1: Japanese people are very happy when a foreigner speaks Japanese to them. Yeah, and um, Okinawans are even more thrilled when a foreigner is speaking the Okinawan language.
0: I can imagine. Interesting. One of the last things I did in Japan was get sushi and. The people there were so surprised that one, I knew how to use chopsticks, mm-hmm. and two, that I knew simple phrases like, uh, it's good, mm-hmm. um, that they were like, oh my god, this American knows Japanese, this is crazy. It was awesome. Uh,
2: um, as
0: for the definition of this, I, language, I don't
2: have it, got, I got nothing. I
0: literally could not guess. Yeah. I'm gonna mean it, I'm gonna think it means you're awesome.
2: Okay, so
1: the, the literal translation is always strong.
2: Always, always strong okay. Okay. They, okay
1: they they use it, um, it it's just it's just kind of an expression where we where we might say something like life's good oh uh, they would
2: re, they could respond like how's it going cha ganju
1: cha they would say yes cha ganju which Chha is ganju. okay
2: so it's like kind of um not a greeting per se but that that sure. like that just cool. kind of general statement of yeah things are good. It's great. Is that kind of ish?
1: Yeah, more or
2: less. Interesting.
0: I'm just gonna have to remember that when we go to Japan. So yeah, we
2: just can... just say it to somebody randomly.
0: Especially because we definitely need to go. Okay, okay. Timeline is I need to learn how to scuba dive, and then mm. we go
2: to
1: Okinawa, and I go scuba diving. In <laughs> and that place was. Freaking cool. Yeah, I got
2: to learn how to scuba dive, too.
1: Okinawa has some of the best scuba diving in the world.
2: Okay, let's learn how to scuba dive.
1: And then when we get our scuba gear from the person in
0: Okinawa, we'll say
1: Shanganju.
2: Sounds good. Excellent. Cool. And that has been the final word.
0: Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, Thanks to our special guest, Matt, for for contributing. Um, We'll see you next week.